Hey guys, welcome to episode 58 of CD oh, Towers Brews and Bills. So good. I'm Mr. Common number five, and my fellow host has a stubborn denial around his playstyle, Big Tuck. <laughs> Did you come up with that when I was in the bathroom? No. <laughs> what? Really? Oh, yeah, it's, I typed it up earlier. It's very topical, and I had a little bathroom bonanza before we started recording this, so. It's 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 been a, it's been a blood sport here. Uh, but that being said, I will say, hey, whelps and eggs. I like that. That's, that's eggs and whelps. That's, that's not bad, right? Like I was trying to get. I realized eggs, I, eggs and whelps sounds like a British breakfast uh, plate. <laughs> Oi, did you go down to the lobby and get some eggs and whelps? Eh? <laughs> that's terrible. That's real bad. I think it's like my impressions have gotten to a level where they all like kind of blend into one bizarro one. Like I've ever given you my my uh, New Zealand one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should I do it here? Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. All right. So I can only say phrases and, and regional dialects. And this is my New Zealand one. Are you ready? <clears throat> Let's see if I still got it. <clears throat> Oi, maybe after this, we'll go get some ice cream. Pretty good, right? <laughs> Pretty I, I, good. I like ice cream. I'll, I'll get in your van, mister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's good. We've had the best weather in Kansas City in 2020 uh, it's this week. So it's been rainy and slightly cold. Which has been awesome, um, but yeah, no, I, I finally got back to got back to the world after kayaking for like thirty four miles this weekend. Ooh, how are your shoulders and back? Not great, uh, very sore. <laughs> but luckily, I was very smart, and as an as a uh, Scandinavian folk, I literally I had a timer on my watch to apply sunscreen every forty five minutes, and it worked. Uh, but how how are you doing? Have you recovered from your oxidation level changes? Are you feeling uh, back to we normal? We did. Uh, so, you know, went to Colorado last weekend, uh, got engaged, um, did massive hike. Went up to, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, went up to like 10,500 feet. Wow. Somewhere around there, close to 11,000. Um, did a eight mile trek, nine miles, somewhere around there. It was good about the, it was weird. So going up, so we were in Breckenridge where we were staying and then yep. the, the mountain was like a 2000 foot elevation from there. I never once felt the reduced oxygen. Like, really? issue. Okay. like losing shortness of breath, getting way too drunk, way too quick. Right. Never did you feel any of that? Did you ever feel like lightheaded or like dry? Nope. Really? Okay. Well, so what I ended up getting is my lips got dry, my throat got dry, my nose would bleed, but yeah. immediately dry. So I would never get a bloody nose. I'd just be like, huh, I need to blow my nose. And I'd blow it. It'd just be blood and blood. mucus. Blood like, like, it just looked like a scene from Aliens. Um, <laughs> so I noticed that. But the, the weirdest thing is going up, I felt like more bloated like i just felt like my body got injected with air and i was Weird, like okay. this like stave puff marshmallow floating through the sky and i could notice as we drove back down an elevation to kansas all of that went it's away like sucking it, it was the, yeah it was the weirdest thing because you would how, think it'd be the opposite how long can you hold your breath i haven't counted in forever you, okay was there ever a time where that was like a superpower of yours uh yeah like, you, could you hold your breath for a really long time? Like, minute and a half. But not like four, not like 10 minutes straight or anything insane no. like that. Okay. No, that's called death. <laughs> well, or these, so anyways, there's something that I was just watching in a video where, like, there's a way that your body can process oxygen that is different, but, like, people who do that can hold their breath for, like, extremely long times. 
Huh. Yeah, it says something to do with your kidney. I don't know. It's it's nuts. But anyways. Oh, no. My kidneys are shot. We all know that. <laughs> Let's all be honest here. Our kidneys are destroyed. Um, but, but yeah, no. Yeah. I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I think we're waiting for someone else. But we have finally silence. No, he, he, he knows his place this time, and he's, he's waiting to be cute. Wait, who are you talking about? Who knows his place? A third a third person on this? I thought I'd let is you all sit th- out there for a wait while. Wait a minute. Hey. Who is this? <laughs> Identify yourself. This is a secure government line, and you are breaking FCC regulations. Who is this? Oh, this is uh, Squee McGee. I actually had a perfect oh, entryway right to that story, because I have a story of my own. I've only passed out in my life twice. Once was in a movie theater because I ate too much sugar and didn't drink enough water. Second time. (laughs) (laughs) Second time. I was in grade school and I was having a hold my breath contest with, I believe at the time, Andy Rieger. And it was like third or fourth grade. And we were holding our breaths and I held my breath so long that I passed out like a bowling ball in the middle of the floor. Uh, I have a third thing to enter into that story, Squee. You also passed out when we were senior year when you were getting blood, if I remember correctly. Oh, you are right. There's three. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've only passed out once in my life, and it was in sixth grade running. It was outside, and we were having a – it was after Boy Scouts, and we were going to have, like, a running competition. Who could run around the parking lot the fastest? And I remember sprinting my – arse off going and i remember turning the corner the home stretch and i just went black <laughs> and i woke up and i was face planted in this pile of snow and concrete oh my God. So that was good yeah oh and then i blacked out in football junior year when we were playing olathe east and there was that monster running back oh my god yeah that guy was humongous <laughs> yeah he he trucked me and i remember i went flat back thought i died Opened up my eyes, but it was still black, so it confirmed I died. Uh, but it just turned out I blacked out for a few seconds, and then my eyes needed to reconnect to my brain. I see. Crazy. Yeah, the, that's the way one, medical science works. The one in the movie theater was priceless. It was with a friend of the cast, Mikhail and Kayla. Uh, oh. And we went to see the movie The Birdman with Michael Keaton. And at oh, the end of the movie, movie The Birdman, he takes off a nose bandage. And so I was very dehydrated, very hopped up on sugar, and then got a little queasy when he took off the nose damage in anticipation of what I was about to see. And I turned to Kayla and I go, Kayla, I'm about to pass out. She was like, what? And then I passed out. Yeah, it was was quite something. That's all I have on on passing out and blacking out. That's not true. We all all have plenty of more. That well goes pretty deep when it comes to passing out and blacking out. Well, yeah, blacking out's a whole different story. That, That we got a lot of things to talk about. Well, if you guys want to know more ways to get Squee healthcare coverage to help with all of his pass outs and blackouts, uh, but also let our sponsor know that you uh, support the CMD Tower crew, head over to level1gameshop.com where they sell magic accessories, they sell all your board game stuff, your dice, uh, they also sell some exclusive CMD Tower merch uh, if you want to help support them. Uh, they do the monthly giveaways. Hook them up. It's a great cause. Uh, if you would like, though, to help us out financially, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels, and the rewards vary from just getting access to our Discord for a dollar a month, to getting your own cmd tower merch and swag and of course the most important part is the collective tattoo that (laughs) we will drive to your home and give you not really that's not a thing well maybe it could be with or or without your will that will be (laughs) we do it old school too with like the tap and the hammer and the the old needle yeah Oh, I just figured I'd put a little bit of ink on, like, my uh, fang teeth, my incisors, oh, and just oh. sit there and just gnaw at you. Really spread spread COVID. Yeah, that's what we're looking to do. I love it. Genius. Hey, they say dogs' mouths are more sanitary than humans. 
I don't know why that was relevant. Yeah. And one of the cool things as part of our patron announcements uh, or being a part of it is we do shout you out and we do have two new patrons uh, that we need to give some shouts to. First is Daniel Hunt. What up, Mr. Hunt? I hope you're related to Clark Hunt. You're going to have a big night. We're recording this on Chiefs Thursday. D Hunt, master of the wild hunt, perhaps. Ooh, uh, thank you for joining the collective and the Mr. Combo number five storm count. Ooh, we baby. appreciate it. Oh, wow. Gotta love it. That means you get all that good swag. All you get all the goodies. Uh, even the tattoo. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, and then we also have Paul Hemminghaus. Hemminghaus? Oshkosh. Hemminghaus. I like it. I, if I was going to live in any city because the name was cool, it'd be Oshkosh. Are we? I just like saying it. Oshkosh. I like Hemingway like too because it's like lot. Hemingway, the author, but like the Haas version. So he makes like bigger and better books. Ooh. Yeah. They're even more depressive. Instead of instead of a single barrel, he puts a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's folks, that was our lighthearted moment of the day. That's a bleak one. I'm actually reading the Heavyweight book right now. Uh, if you can't help us out from a monthly perspective, but you would still like to get a hold of some of our merchandise uh, that we usually reserve for only our patrons or our sponsor, uh, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch, where we have a bunch of swag on there. Uh, I mentioned it last week. You know, the first 10 people to place orders over 15 bucks. We're going to throw a little something in the box as a thank you. Um, and until Big Tuck can figure out the shipping. Shipping is only three dollars in the U.S., so um, not not good for me, but good for you. But if you can't help us out financially, but you still would like to help support us, the free ways just share the content you're watching and listening to, because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course. Every episode, we do want to give a big shout out to the music provided by Pink Royal. And hey, stay tuned till the end so you guys can get more details on how you can win that Zendikar Rising Fatty Packy. Fat. So Bruce and Bills is our deck tech series. We, since we conquered our path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. That's grains. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of said beer. Decks always need a way to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next one's going to be, how does your deck, your hand, your mindset, how does all of that interact with your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal flora flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then, of course, Mr. Combo's favorite section, Big Tuck's Guilty Pleasure. How does your deck actually close out or win games? That's yeast. And yeasts are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then lastly, we do have shenanigans, kind of weird synergies that maybe kind of fit the deck. Maybe they don't fit the deck, but uh, you're squeamy gee and you feel like you have to put all these prison effects in your Reese deck. <laughs> uh, we call that spice package. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, it's where we generally talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big text and eyes cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. The only restriction is we can't talk about mana only lands, which, God, this deck really needs them. Oh, my God. So, without <laughs> so further bad. ado, let's get brewing. 
You are now entering the Dargon Zoo, where Dargons become dragons and dragons become Dargons. We're still coming for you, Jimmy. For those nerds, you can still suck it. And Big Tuck definitely didn't wear his glasses. This month, we're continuing the trend. We're on Tribal Month, and Big Tuck says it's not a typo. We're talking about Dargons, Lord of Dargons. We are talking, this is a dragon theme deck. We are talking about Dargons here, folks. Uh, everyone knows them. <laughs> there are favorites out there. Um, there's Dargons, I believe, in Dargons and Dragons. I believe there's a Smog? From Lord of the Rings, who's also a Dargon. Um, trying to think here. There's Dargons in Game of Thrones. One of them, I think, is named Draco. Viserys? Know. Is that one? You know all three, don't yeah. you? Uh, Viserys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all. <laughs> that yeah, I also think it's funny. You're doing your Dargon bit, yet you said Dargons and Dragons. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was too focused in on the bit. Uh, hashtag blasted. <laughs> but it's not even yeah, a bit because that was, just a, that was just a slip of the tongue. You know what I mean? So I don't know what bit you're talking about. Uh, yeah, we are we are talking uh, my Dargon deck led by the biggest Dargon of them all, the Ur Dargon. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be a while and I'm refusing to wear my glasses just for the bit's sake. Uh, the Urdargon is four colorless Wooberg for a 10-10 legendary creature dragon Dargon. What, <laughs> what? What am I saying? I'm like, I'm speaking a separate language here. Dargon Avatar. You're speaking in tongues. It's, it's, it's mixed tongues. <laughs> it's mythic, rare. Mr. Combo, help out uh, Brother Dargon and read out <laughs> that little text because I am struggling. Eminence, as long as the Ur-Dargon is in the command zone or on the battlefield, other Dargon spells you cast cost one less to cast. So Eminence is basically just a updated mechanic, guys, for the old mechanics like Aloro, which we did on that yep. episode, um, and some of the other ones where you just do stuff from the command zone and they don't actually have to do anything. Yep. He has flying, of course, because he's a Dargon. Uh, and then whatever one or more Dargons you control attack, draw that many cards, and then you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield, which is huge Pretty because I, I don't play this deck, but whenever I see it, I always think it says whatever one or more Dargons you control attack, draw that many cards, and then you may put a Dargon card from your hand onto oh, the battlefield. Oh, no, no, no. Permanent, and, and so permanent. I was like, oh, okay, you could whiff. But then it's like, oh, I didn't hit anything. Let me put out a doubling season. It's like, oh, no, you're doing that wrong. They're like, no, you're an idiot. Right. And, and, yes, and, I am. And to celebrate that, uh, I do have a beer to talk about from one of our favorite breweries. Don't uh, do it. You know and love it. We are talking about the Pseudo Sioux from Toppling Goliath from Decorah, <laughs> Iowa. And the reason why I want to talk about it is because the lead guy on it kind of looks like a Dargon, even though it's really a Donosaw. It's a it's Sue oh. from uh, For those playing the home game, it's a purple and green Tyrannosaurus Rex. I don't know what you're talking about. You and know it is not Reptar. It is not Reptar. But yeah, so um this almost was a deck that we did for the commander doesn't matters because this commander gets killed as soon as, as soon as you play them, unless you're playing a bunch of idiots. Um, but I actually bought this, uh, I only bought two of the tribal decks. I had access to all four and waited on them. And the two I got was the Kitty Carts uh, and, <laughs> and, and this one. Uh, so you so, need two of the worst ones. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I looked this up. You, this still costs over 100 to buy the pre-con because it's got all those tribal cards in it, which is nuts. 
Um, but why did I do that? Because, as Mr. Kama alluded to earlier, I am an idiot. Uh, so I was really hyped up about this because this is kind of like the big creature style that I like. Um, lives and dies in the red zone, that sort of stuff. Uh, the conception of it is way more fun than it turns out to be. Uh, this is one that I don't really play that much. Um, just because, it, A, there's a lot of them out there. What This kind of became a thing, right? Uh, Mikhail has one. I've, every playgroup I've ever been in has had this deck in some form or another. Um, but the way I like about, the thing I like about it is it is kind of one of those decks where I've had a couple beers, I'm like, you know, tired, all that stuff. I'm just going to play Dargons, and then I'm going to cast Dargons, and I'm going to attack with Dargons. Pretty straightforward there. Not a whole lot to think through here. It's kind of a hashtag coward deck in a way because it requires zero thought <laughs> and zero way to go. You either kind of win or you don't. Um, but yeah, so I mean... It's one that I've kind of tinkered with, and I was I was getting to the point with it where I was tinkering with it so much I kind of got sick of tinkering with it. And I'm just like, I don't care, whatever. It's just a, it's just a deck that's going to come out every once in a while and hopefully get in the red zone a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I saw your Dargon deck, right. uh, this one in particular. Um, but traditionally, the Ur Dragon decks all play the exact same. They are not that different. Right. Uh, about the only thing that you can do to make them unique is instead of taking the good Dargons, just put in bad ones, <laughs> I guess. I, I will say. If you want to be a meme. I think I, I, the only difference I've seen in the two of these ones is one of them really focuses is on heavily on legendary Dargons. And then other ones kind of go on non-legendary Dargons. Um, and you can kind of mm. play around with a little bit with like more legendary tribal. I had that. The problem with legendary Dargons, they all cost an arm and a leg. And with this mana base, <laughs> which we're just not even going to talk about. Uh, don't need to talk no, about no, it No, 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 no. Let's hit on the mana base. Uh, Big Tuck has a perfect pie chart of the five colors available to him. But what do you actually need to cast stuff? I don't, you don't you, need white, really. You I, barely need blue. I, Black and green's about identical, which is messed up in a five-color deck. You should I, have more green, at least, than black. And almost half your deck is red. What the hell? I You look, listen, I don't want to This is a Jund Dargon deck, <laughs> is what it is. Kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call it. He's in the uh, the mystical tank. If so, this deck right now is around three hundred dollars. And if I was smart, and if it was a deck, or it's between two seventy five and three fifty to on TCG player, right? So still within the budget. And I've probably put maybe thirty dollars in since I got the, since I got it. Um, but if this was a deck, I'd play more. I would probably put in more good lands, like sixty dollars worth. Uh, but I just, I, I, I haven't, <laughs> I just haven't got around to it. All right. So yeah. I, okay. So I had to dog you on your mana base. Fair enough. Uh, now let's talk about your CMC. I have Ooh, nothing to say here. Could you say you had to Dargon him on his mana base? Ooh, the Dargon, I like it. The Dargon mana base. Strike uh, it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four, four, one, six for your CMC. But here's the thing. I don't think you could build a dragon deck sub four. No, I, I don't think so either. And it's also because of the eminence ability i think that's also slightly misleading now that's not to say that this is like a three cmc deck because there is <laughs> sure. no chance in dargon that that's gonna happen uh you know what i mean like there's just no chance you're gonna get down there if you're building this deck but it's pr it yeah. plays more like a three seven ish 
with the ramp, um, I tried to put as much ramp in here as I could. Again, there's a time where I was meticulously tinkering with this, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, before we go in, though, so I want to bring up an interesting factoid. So one of our favorite bits here that we have on CMD Tower is around snakes with the Nagas. Insofar as like Naga working this deck. So Dragon in Indonesian is actually Naga. Yes! <laughs> nuts. Bring it back! Isn't that great? Oh, I'm sorry, Dargon in Indonesian, because I'm not speaking a fake language, uh, is Naga. So it's one that's been kind of sitting out in the weeds for bits uh, there, or if you will, in the grain. So hopefully we'll be able to see that here soon. Awesome. Well, uh, without further ado, let's dive into this deck. Big Tuck, start us off. What's your first grain card you want to talk about? So this is a card, this is a one of the, this has happened... Do you think it's happened more, Mr. Combo, where you've opened a card that I've wanted or I've opened a card that you wanted and then we already have a slot for it so we can't even trade it? About even, you'd Maybe. say? Sure. Okay, so uh, this is one where I cracked it during the draft and you wanted it, you were salivating in the mouth, but unfortunately I already had a home for it. We were talking about a three-drop artifact called Dargon's Horde. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on here. So three colorless, it's a rare from M19 for about a buck 65. Whenever a Dargon enters the battlefield under your control, put a gold counter on Dargon's horde, tap and remove a gold counter from Dargon's horde, draw a card, and then finally tap and add one mana for any color. So Squee, go ahead and put this up there with just a better mana with. Uh, <laughs> another, another classic example. Uh, so I do my like website, the, just a better mana yeah, deck, huh? Just a better mana <laughs> That's your uh, that's your Tinder profile. Uh, so anywho, uh, Dargon's Horde is amazing. This deck, so you do kind of run out of card draw if you're trying to play dragons. And I think this card is also indicative. Damn it, trying to play Dargons. I just cannot get my language correct. I'm speaking this weird foreign language. So um, if you want to build the deck and play it as I have, you need to run a critical mass of Dargons. So I mean, something that A, fuels those Dargons, and B, lets you draw into more Dargons is really valuable, especially when you consider the other three options, the other options that are at the three mana CMC level. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. It is just a better Manolith. Yes. Um, and you, you already have the other better mana rocks in here, your Lantern, your Sphere, um, I'm going to be talking about an, kind of a weird fringe one that I actually think is more spice than anything, but we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see where it takes us. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Sword, it, it is one that I want for my Nicolas deck. is what you meant to say? Fine! Dragon Sword! <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it... I, listen, our, if we go around spouting around this dragon talk, our, our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. So we got to keep it easy for the people out there. But anyways, enough about Dargon's Horde. Mr. Combo, your first grain. What do you got? Yeah, so we actually talked about this card a little bit ago. Um, and I actually told you I have one sitting in a binder downstairs. I'm surprised that, oh my gosh, it's only 99 cents now. Whoa, oh, it's so cheap. It makes your crappy mana base so much oh, better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're talking about Blood Sun. Yeah. Um, Two colorless red enchantment. It's a rare. When it ETBs, draw a card. All lands lose all abilities except mana abilities. So that means your bounce lands no longer bounce lands. Your tap lands are no longer tap lands. Uh, it's all just great gravy stuff. Now, granted, it can bite you in the butt with things like Haven of the Spirit Dragon, mm -hmm. where it actually has things that are non-mana abilities. Right. But I think that's the risk you're willing to take to be able to have your budget mana base be functional. 
I want to say I thought this card was like two, three, maybe even five dollars at one really? point. Um, I thought so because I remember pulling one and being so excited because it was like one of the few cards that I actually wanted. Um, but yeah, I, this card, it's just so, so yeah. good. Uh, it's the opposite of Blood Moon. <laughs> Instead of making a blot of either really good or really bad lands functional, or sorry, really good, really bad lands non-existent because they turn into mountains. Right, yeah. It actually turns your bad lands into good lands. Exactly. I agree. And it's funny that we were talking about this. I think it was on my allies deck, which is very similar oh, yeah. to these like weird five color decks that aren't really tuned in any way, shape or form. Uh, <clears throat> so again, I think that if this card, if this card didn't replace itself with the draw card, would you still think even think about running it? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. yeah, because you got to think about it. It's kind of like the Amulet of Vigor argument I've had, where if you have that budget sure. mana base, it, these are one card in your 99, yes, but when you have that one card, it impacts 36 other cards mm -hmm. in your deck. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this card previewed at 10 bucks wow. at pre-release, and then was leveled out around like $2 for a little bit mm -hmm. after war, and then just has plummeted since then. Really? So. Well, everyone got their COVID money. They didn't need to buy oh, yeah. crappy lands. They could just spend it all on Aber Duels. Right, right. Of course, of course, of course. Well, what is your next card? So I'm talking about another artifact that fuels into the hate on the commander so much. And people hate on this creature so hard. We are talking Geode Golem, five colorless for This card is creature. not good. Oh, but just hear me out. Five colors for an artifact creature golem, right? As trample, when it deals combat damage to a player, you may cast your commander from the command zone without paying its mana cost. It's a 5-3 for 75 cents. I kid you not, this card has held the table hostage before in this deck. For whatever reason, I'm, I, I think it's because people perceive that you have this massive, humongous commander that you, A, you're never going to cast it, which is borderline true, and B, that when you cast <laughs> it, it's really going to change the game. That being said, the games where this hasn't been dealt with immediately, I've been able to get my commander out like three or four times. I'm dead serious. It's the same argument that we've had. I'm, I know it's crazy. I can see I can see your face of disgust and I can see your anger. I can I can feel your rage. But I'm telling you that this has been the thing where it's like this happens. Ur-Dragon comes out. They kill Ur-Dragon. Next turn, it comes out again. And then they start running out of resources to kill it. I don't know how it happens, but I'm telling you, it works over and over and over in this deck. Why is our play group bad magic players? You see Geo Golem, you just kill that, you just kill and then you're done. <laughs> Literally lightning bolt, and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hashtag I mean, look, I, I, under, I understand the concept of why Geo Golem is good for an Ur Dragon deck or any deck yeah. where the CMC of your commander is probably seven or above. Yeah. Maelstrom Wanderer would probably even be good Absolutely. for a Geo Golem. The issue is Lightning Bolt toughness, easy to get rid of. Hashtag bolted. It doesn't have haste, so you can't even do it the turn it comes no. out. And it's still five mana for this weak, uncommon. I don't, um, I don't disagree. I agree with you on all fronts, but I will tell you that every time I have cast this in this deck, it has been like the all-star card of the game. It either eats a huge removal wow. spell that someone's waiting on, or I get my commander out like two or three times. Uh, well, fine. <laughs> I'm disgusted. Alright, what do you got for So, it's two? actually kind of funny because uh, the next card I'm going to talk about would be good with Geode Golem because it gives it haste. Uh, we're talking about Teamer Ascendancy. Oh my gosh, this card is nuts. 
Yeah, so this is Teamer, which is uh, green, blue, red. It's an enchantment. It's in a rare. Creatures you control have haste, so it's perfect for Geode Golem. <laughs> and it's even better because it says whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you get to draw a card, which happens with Geode Golem. Fine! Geode Golem's It's a slam dunk! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Teamer Ascendancy is a rock star for any deck that is trying to go big. Right. To where I'm going to plop one seven power dude down, and that's going to be my turn, but I'm going to smash some face or kill some planeswalkers. And Teamer Ascendancy is a little, like, low-key under the radar, mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, three mana, you get haste. Okay. And a lot of people forget about the draw card, because usually you may even forget about drawing your own card when you cast stuff. <laughs> right. But then it's like, well... Well, how many power four or greaters is he really going to get out? I mean, how many cards is really going to sure, give him yeah. this advantage? It's an enchantment. I'd rather save this for a song of the dryads or something that's even grosser. Right. Completely agree. Um, I saw this. There was a guy when I was playing in Fort Collins. Cheers. Drink. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember his name right now, but he was a, he was a shorter. He looked like a kind of like a dwarf who's short and really broad. Jason Coe and had a shaved head. It was awesome. And he like when I was like kind of fiddling around with my with my Ur Dragon or Dargan deck, excuse me. He already had a Dargan <laughs> deck that was miles away better than mine. <laughs> and he had this and a couple other ones that luckily he had spares of that I, I saw him play it and immediately slotted it in. This card rules. Um I think it's a little O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Oh, or O'Dargan rules. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you very much. Definitely under the radar. And I think these haste cards like this, Fires the Eye of Maya and the like, they all kind of are, they fit really well and always just kind of sit there, right? Like, oh, yep. sure, you get to attack. You're going to attack next turn anyway. So what's the difference? Completely agree. All right, man, wrap it up. What's your last grain? So this is the opposite version where I cracked the Dargon Horde and you cracked this card and wouldn't trade it to me. And I don't even know if you're using it anymore. We are talking about uh, one of the Planeswalkers in the deck of the two, Sarkon Fireblood. Colorless Red and yes, Red. I am using it. It is in my Nickel Bowl. Is it? Deck. Okay, good. So uh, Colorless Red Red for a three drop. Uh, it's coming in as a myth. <laughs> Planeswalker, uh, Sarhan. It comes in at about six bucks, which I think it start. I think it debuted around ten. Um, so yeah. I'm about fair, but it's really got a lot of abilities. Now, is it as good as Tibble? No, but it does cost one more. Oh, get out of uh, here! Plus one, you may discard a card if you do draw a card. It isn't a random, which I guess is like slightly better. Uh, plus one, add two mana, any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast Dargon spells, and then minus so seven, create four. Five five red Dargon creature tokens with flying. I saw this spoiled and I wanted it terribly. I finally bought one and put it in the deck. Never played it. Never seen it in a hand. <laughs> never seen it in a discard pile. I've never seen it. But I think the value you get out of this, especially in red, as like this bizarro, crazy ramp spell, or start moving cards in out of your hand, maybe for a bigger card that we're talking about later, uh, really does a lot of value in this deck. Yeah, uh, three mana, and basically his plus ability covers two mm -hmm. of the spread. So really, it's only one mana. Right. And then if you have a lower cost Dargon, you can get it out. Right. Um, good card draw, like when you need it, because it could be late game and you don't need lands, but you need Dargons. Mm -hmm. Pitch them. Um, yeah, it, I really like this card yeah. a lot. I've actually ultimated him uh, once or twice no in my way, Nicol really? Bolas deck. 
Yeah. Wow. It's just like comes in with three and then he goes four, five, six, seven. It's five turns, but people they look at it and it's like, well, you're just generating mana, but it, for us, it's like, well, I'm generating mana to cast dragons. Right. Or, sorry, I'm sorry, Dargons. pardon? <laughs> and, and here's the thing. When you cast Dargons, they protect your Planeswalkers. Right. And then it just eventually get it to where you make all the Dargons you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love the card. Six bucks, I think it's a little pricey, but I think that's probably because he's the one of the better mana Dargon Planeswalkers yeah. out there. Um, and if you're running, and a, so that's why he carries a little higher price. Tag. If you're running a Dargon deck that can run red, you're gonna put him in here, like guaranteed. Which right? I think every Dargon deck is red, isn't it? Unless you're getting real crazy with your Dargons, <laughs> but yeah, like Dragon Lord Dramoka, Dragon Lord Dramoka, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Combo is over this bit and we are uh, halfway through the episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So my last one is it's it's this weird fringe. I, I see why it's good in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think there's probably better options, sure. but I think for keeping it the budget, I think it's fine. Crystalline Crawler. Yeah. Four colorless artifact creature construct. It's a one one for three dollars. That's a rare. And it does have Converge. So he ET or it ETBs the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each color of mana spent to cast it. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Crystalline Crawler, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, tap, put a plus one plus one counter on Crystalline Crawler. I look at Crystalline Crawler along the lines of I got Wooberg. I don't really have enough to cast a Dargon, but I don't want to waste a turn. Mm-hmm. I'll spend Wooberg. Get it out there. It'll at least come in with four plus one plus one counters because, you know, unless you can somehow make it taxed by one and you pay more (laughs) into it. Suck suck Um, on that. Uh, I don't even know. (laughs) Here, here we go. We'll go to your your old school. Uh, Hashtag suck it, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, oh, also. Go for it, Jimmy. That was the quietest one you've said yet, and I I could just barely get it. It was just a whisper. You'll hear it. You'll hear uh, it. So I really like it because it does give you something to do on the turns early right. in the game when you can't cast your Dargons, but then also late game when you've spent it to cast Dargons or get even your Dargon commander out there, uh, or even cast it to get some Dargon Kadama's Reaches. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I don't even you don't even have in the deck. <laughs> no, because I thought I'd run out of basics. Because I am a fool. <laughs> Um, so I, I think it's great for your early game it helps you to your mid to late game but then like I was kind of saying once it's late game he doesn't have anything yeah. just tap him at a counter yep. or it's block fodder it's, uh, exactly. it'll always have a purpose I, I have cast him before and it does work it actually it actually does work the way that you want it to which is shocking um, yeah. so yeah like it, it, it's a good one I think it came in the either it came in the pre-con or had one line around um, I think it came out the year before actually so I don't have any decks that really deal with a ton of 1-1 counters that are in these colors, so it, it's, it just kind of works out as a utility player for sure. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the green bill. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I will start this off with a card that has been on the cutting block of every deck I've seen it in. Let's go, But it baby! finally stays. <laughs> Three, two, one. Crux of <laughs> we finally Three did it! Three black black, it's a sorcery. Dang it! Ah. Uh, choose one, destroy all Dargon creatures. Choose the other one, which guess what? You never will. Choose non-Dargon, destroy all non-Dargon, ah. destroy all non-Dargon creatures. 
Uji. No, you said that wrong. You would pick this no, you, one. No, no, no. You oh, yes, it. you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. You do pick that one. Sorry, I got so I got so excited. I, th- I could have sworn you were gonna put this one in here. Uh, Ugin, Ugin, Eugene whispered summons led Sarkon Vol to the moment that would echo down the centuries and seal Takir's fate. The primal battle between Ugin and Nicol Bolas. Artwork's freaking rad. I know it's impre- it's yeah. impressive. I can't believe it. I was so excited to be like, finally, I've cut it out of I think almost every single deck that I have in it except for this one. And boy, does it do work. Guess what? Guess how what? Would you? How upset and confused would you have been? Have been like, nope, it's on the cutting block. Yeah, adios. <laughs> Putting in another toxic deluge. Uh, yeah. Just I mean, what more do you want, right? Like, it just it's it the works best perfect for a dragon or. It's the best board wipe for a Dargon tribal deck. Oh my gosh. Um, and actually, I think I would argue that it's probably the best tribal board wipe there is. I don't know if there is one that's better. The only one stri- that's strict to one tribe, I agree. The only one that's better is like Kindred Dominance or something where you choose a tribe and it board wipes everyone else. But that thing also costs okay. like seven or something like that. And it's like 40 bucks or something absurd. Like, or something yeah. absurd that dude. But. Your old pal Crux of Fate just sitting in the wings at a dollar fifty-two. What? Overpriced. Yeah, I, listen, I am a stand for this card. I've always liked it. I'm always a stand for this card. If you're paying a buck fifty-two for a Crux of Fate, you sir are desperate. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was my first one. What is your? Second one. So I'm talking about another card from the deck that we pr- accurately predicted was a pile of was a pile of Dargon, or if you will, a <laughs> pile of uh, Balar. I think we're doing the same one. It's a Dargon. That, and he's red. Yeah, we're we're there. Ready? Oh yeah. Three, two, one. Opportunistic Dargon. <laughs> Oh, oh dang it, I messed it up. Speaking of the language, okay, two, two colors red red for, for three creature Dargon, and it's a uh, rare for 31 cents. Yeah. Uh, flying. When opportunistic Dargon enters the battlefield, choose target human or artifact and opponent controls. For as long as opportunistic dragon remains okay. on the battlefield, gain control of that permanent, it loses all abilities, and it can't attack or block. Um, I like it because it's a low cost Dargon. Yes, it still has flying and it still has somewhat of a, a chest and a butt at a four three. But then you can just kind of take someone's mana rock. Yeah, and even though you can't use it, it just it's there, it's there. And I'm holding it. I'm cradling it. I'm holding it tight to my bosom, and I can feel its cold hard steel against my flesh, which uh, is pretty much my ex girlfriend's and my experience. Let's not get into it. So, yes, I agree. The big thing that I spent on this deck in terms of research was trying to find Dargons that don't cost nine. And nine, 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 <laughs> nine, 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 nine. Yes. We're bringing them all back today, boys. And this is one that actually does something. So the fact that it does snipe something, human tribal, I haven't seen any decks besides my own, but they did just come out in the pre-con. But also, it's kind of like when we talked about in your ally deck, where a lot of your allies turned it out to be non-human right. allies. There's actually a surprising amount of human insert other tribe right, right, wizard right. 
you know, uh, fairy, or I don't know about fairy, but, you know, just humans seem to be on a lot of right. stuff or been errated. So I think you actually could get more humans than you think, but I think getting the artifact like, oh, you're like two life away from your Aetherflux Reservoir. Yep. I'll grab that. Absolutely. And then to the same point about Geode Golem, this forces someone to burn a burn spell on a Dargan. That really isn't going to be making that big of an impact. For four mana, yeah. well, really for three mana, when you look at it that way, it's three mana for a 4-3 flyer where you to steal something, the best artifact on the board. Someone's getting a little too quick out of the gates. Let's slow you down a little bit. Do you really want to burn that path to exile? Because I can tell you, there's other Dargons in this deck that you're going to be more interested in. So yes, I, I agree. When this got spoiled, um, I knew I wanted to pick it up. I <laughs> originally spoiled for, I think, like five bucks. Which I was like, I'm not paying that. Uh, but then eventually it dropped down. Um, I'm not paying that Dargon price. Yeah, ex exactly. Ooh, nice. So, and again, I think this just continues the theme of we have accurately predicted Throne of Eldraine to not be uh, any good at all for any deck. So, yep. another complete, winner. Complete trash. Uh, we're, oh man, you know what we should have done is, well maybe we'll do it next week. Ah, we got too many products to talk about. We should have done like a one year anniversary of that Throne of Eldraine oh preview and gone back to review it. <laughs> Listen to it and be like, uh, wow, what a bunch of morons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, so uh, one thing sorry, I'm curious about, I think, I think I just figured out a weird lockdown with this. Um, opportunistic Dragon and a World Gorger combo. Because you steal something when it comes in, roll gorger triggers, everything leaves, opportunistic resolves, but the thing's already gone. Because it's exiled. It's just gone. You gain you gain For control. As as you gain control of that. Yeah, you gain control of so you say you got a soul ring. I'm doing my roll gorger combo. I target right. your soul ring when opportunistic comes in. I take your soul ring. Rule Gorger resolves. Opportunistic leaves the battlefield along with the Soul Ring because you control it. The Soul Rings is in exile, but now Opportunistic triggers to where they should get control of their Soul Ring back, but they can't because it's in exile. Oh. And then Opportunistic comes back and it steals something again. So if you have like an, it, it could be another way. Now, granted, you either have to figure out how to turn all of your opponent's stuff into artifacts or humans, or humans. <laughs> but that's kind of a, like a weird fringe, like yeah. infinite combo. Like, oh, I'm going to take all your stuff and keep it in exile. Right, right. Um, also, last thing I'll say before we move on, um, finally picked up one of these guys. Also from the garbage set. <gasps> Someone got an Oko. Coming to super friends near you. Disgusting. Or normal friends. Oh, I'm so upset. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, moving on. Last one, because we've shared on all of these. I hope to... Dargon? Jesus, you don't have this one? It's a mono-white dragon? No! No, I don't, but this is perfect. Go ahead. All right, we're talking about Scale Lord Reckoner. Yeah! So, three colorless white-white creature dragon. It's a rare. It's a 4-4. Four, four. The justice of dragons demands Dargons. more than just an eye for an eye. And he has flying, and whatever dragon you Dorian. control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, destroy target non-land permanent that player controls. This is basically a watered-down version of... Uh, Karmic Justice. Karmic Justice. Uh, I like the card because you've talked about multiple times in here, people are going to waste their removal spells on your dragons. Dargons. Now there's a tax you got to pay. Agreed. Uh, and you fell into my trap 
Dargan because I was hoping you would play this because I, I agree it works perfectly in that sense, but the artwork on it is hysterical. It looks like me when I come to a party and just burst through a door smiling. <laughs> it's kind of like the Kool-Aid man, right? Like I wish, I wish, I wish the... <laughs> I wish the uh, I wish the flavor text had something to the tune of like oh yeah in Dargan or something like those lines. <laughs> I just think it's cute. He looks so happy. He's just bursting through a wall, which is also how I feel. But yes, um, came in the precon. Always going to be in here. Just insane value. You, you want to blow up up? You want to target it with anything? I don't think so. Yeah, and actually, I think this is kind of a good Dargon to where you almost don't want a wide board set mm. because people do make the deciding factor of do I waste my board wipe now or just a removal spell? Right. If you if you have this guy and like seven other Dargons, it's like oh well, board wipe is a hundred percent the right choice. Right, right, right. But if it's him, maybe your commander and a token, it's gonna be like. Is a board wipe really worth it to get rid of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I might as well just use a removal spell on one of the things. Right. But then he is something they have to consider. So he, I think he's actually a perfect Dargon for a go tall type yes. of strategy, which I think your deck is probably doing That's, more than like 10 or 15 dragons. I, I completely agree. Um, and again, it, it we talked before, this puts the decision in the opponent's hand, right? Yep. Do you really want a board wipe? Do you really want to target something? It's kind of up to you. All right, well, uh, let's wrap it up. What's your last one? Really boring Dargon, but this is my Ultimate Masters box topper that I was very upset about. We were talking about Palefire Dargon. Five colorless red red for a 6-6. Six, six. It's $45. But compared to the other box toppers when they're all mythics, yeah. <laughs> this was one of the worst ones. I was on the phone. So 6-6 six, six, creature Dargon. It's a mythic. Uh, flying when Balefire Dargon deals combat damage to a player, deals that much damage to each creature that player controls very good card um you know casting this for six instead of seven is pretty great especially if you can get a haste immediately pick off uh the reese's decks of the world pretty quickly um, right. i will say that i was on the phone with my grandparents when i was opening my ultimate box toppers from that set and i opened it and i was like oh and they go, oh, big tuck. Are you okay? Because that's what my parent, my grandparents call me, obviously. Everything okay? Did you get in a car accident? Did someone just break up with you for the 19th time this month? Uh, and I was like, no, this children's card game that I play didn't work out the way I wanted it to. So that was kind of a bummer. But this this is a Dargon that's really good. Before having one of these, it was like 10 or 15 bucks. And we're going to spend that on a Dargon for a Dargon deck I yeah. ever play. So the fact that I finally have one. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, I think you hit everything on the head. It definitely, and the thing that I like about it, <clears throat> a lot of times Dargons or other white, a lot of thing creatures, like, you know, we, we've already kind of gone through. So like where you see the falling star, right. they usually deal damage to non-flying yes, stuff right. or tornado elemental from last week, only to flying stuff. So the fact that Balefire Dragon is going to hit for however much damage it dealt to that player, to all of their creatures oh, is phenomenal. That's a really good point. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they could have 
two two drakes and one one elves because they're doing some weird blended <laughs> tribal and you get balefire unblockable you hit and it's like i'm gonna wipe out all of your stuff right. and not just one thing yep. so i think that's what really sets it apart and i don't want to hear you complain about your box topper being balefire dragon considering you got a mana crypt box topper here <laughs> it recently all, it all worked out not to mention the most fire box you'll probably ever open so yeah it was, it was pretty good all right well that's gonna wrap up the hops now we're gonna head over to the yeast big tuck start us off i was actually pretty shocked of how low this was which is probably maybe one of the reasons why the deck doesn't work so um the first one i'm gonna go in alphabetical order this is a little hidden deck tech from your old pal big t uh, we were talking about a two-drop enchantment in green that effectively makes your dragons unblockable. Unblockable. Three, two, one. Power, Power passage. passage. Woo! Uh, one colorless Dang green it. enchantment. It's an uncommon. Ah, uh, that's pretty good. That was quick. Um, creatures with flying can't block creatures you control. In the darkest hours, some denied Avacyn. Now the Keswick Wilds are their only ha haven. Having, having a hard time reading that card. Pretty good. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I mean, it's basically, the reason we say that it basically makes your dragons unblockable, guys, is because unless your opponents have reach, mm -hmm. they're not they're not touching. Yeah. So unless they have that, what's that, uh, elven point archer or something oh, like that? Oh, where it's like sniping them down, yeah. Poison tip archer. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, so the, if this cost, I, I think the reason why I like it so much Personally, is because I bought it. I bought. I bought it specifically for a deck that I played once and then immediately dismantled. Um, <laughs> so I had one lying around, and it's twenty-one cents. But the fact that it's just a two-drop that might as well just say your creatures are unblockable in this deck is like yeah. super valuable. Um, I think it does a ton of work. I've cast it before. Now the argument can be made that unless you're playing another Dargon deck. It doesn't do a lot, but I kind of disagree. There's a lot of flying decks, Sphinxes. Um, there are a lot of Dargon-type decks, Drake decks off of Talron, those sort of things. And, and the fact that it just turns them into unblockable killing machines really does a lot. I mean, I would go as far as to say if you have any Go Wife deck, just have it in there. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. I mean... Yes, most I'd say 70% of the creatures that are going to be blocking are going to be on the ground, but being able to say, well, 30% can't touch me, yeah. then that starts to allow you to start doing the math and like, okay, well, you only have so many blockers on the ground here, so I'll put this big dude here that has menace, and you're going to have to block, and you're not going to be able to kill him. Right, right, right. But you, with all the flyers, I'll send all my little guys at you. Um, so I actually think Bower Passage for 20 cents could be one of those budget sneaky cards yeah, yeah, yeah. and put it in your green go wide deck and you'll probably get some success out of it. 100%. 100%. Cuz I mean think about it, there's lots of cards you put in your deck that are situational yeah. removal spells. Right. So. No, I, I completely agree with you. Oh. So, for the price point, for the mana cost, nails it. All right. Well, uh next card I want to talk about is part of one of my infinite combos in my Nicol Bolas deck because when he or Dargons enter the battlefield, they do some damage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Three, two, one. Stargon Tempest? <laughs> Wait, do we have the right one or no? Yeah, to fail. Nope, no, oh, it's actually different. <laughs> oh, we're gonna reverse that. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, I'm talking about Scourge of Valkas. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
Two colorless trip red creature Dargon. Uh, it's a rare. It's a 4 4. Uh, flying. And whenever Scourge of Volkos or another Dargon enters the Dargon battlefield <laughs> under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of Dargons you control. And then you can pay a red, and Scourge of Volkos gets plus one, plus zero oh until end of turn. You never do the pay the red. That's a waste yeah. of mana. Uh, but I like Scourge of Volkos because I do like to do infinite blinking shenanigans, and I just start. <laughs> pinging everyone down damage wise this deck i could see how he would be good i'm gonna be honest i don't agree that he should be a yeast oh because like we've talked about you're not ever gonna have 10 or 15 dargons on sure. the battlefield so it's like you're probably getting what three to five mm -hmm. damage and this is another one that's gonna eat up a removal spell right. if people are smart yeah right no kidding so that's that's my only issue with it being a yeast. I think it should probably be a little bit more spice since your deck isn't so Dargon token. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think he works better with either blink blink strategies or token strategies. But he's an amazing card, and for ninety three cents, yeah, very affordable. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, came out of the box. I also don't really like the trip reds. That's because, as we talked about before, the mana base in this deck isn't great. Um, but if, it, if you do get the engine going, it does start adding up. Um, and you're, pro you're probably right. It probably is a little better for sniping out problematic creatures than it is players. But maybe you need to get those last damages through. I have a mixed memory of playing this in this deck, but it might have been limited in China. So moving right <laughs> along. <laughs> Move it on. All right. Well, what is your second yeast card? So I'm going to go with the card that I thought we were going to go with. Do I need to get the rattler out? <laughs> no. <Nope. Okay>. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about what I think is the best card in the deck, and that is Dargon Tempest. So colorless and a red for an enchantment. Um, it's an uncommon for a buck 38, which is pretty great. Whenever a creature with flying enters a battlefield under your control, it gains haste until end of turn. Whenever a Dargon enters a battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player, where X is the number of Dargons you control. So this card does double duty. One, it's a redundant haste effect because as you start getting out your Dargons, you want them to start attacking and chipping people's life away. Um, and second, it does do that thing where you can start picking off creatures, players, and I think that's been ratted now to any target, if I remember correctly. So yeah. picking off a problematic Planeswalker, dinking someone for some life, picking off some elves, that sort of thing. The real reason why this card, I think, excels is the, is the mana cost. I mean, two mana for something that, that does double duty in this so deck, good. it's bonkers. Yeah. And this does probably play into your World Gorger rigmarole, if I remember correctly, because you can just do infinite damage when it enters the battlefield. So... Yeah, amazing card. It's going to be in every Dargon deck, which is why it's a buck thirty-eight for an uncommon. Not a whole lot else to say about that. Yeah, I think he hit every point on the head. Um, once again, though, I, I yeah. think if this card didn't give it haste, I'd have the same reservations as I do a Scourge of Valkyrie. Completely agree. So it's basically taking Teamer Ascendancy and the best of Teamer Ascendancy, the best of Scourge of Valkyrie, putting it together and actually making it cheaper mana right. than both of them. Completely agree. So, yeah, fully support it. All right, so my last one is a, another white dragon. Sorry, Dargon. I forgot we're in this weird twilight zone. Here we go. Um, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> three, two, one. Sunscorch Sun Regent. Yeah! Three colorless, white, white, creature Dargon. It's a rare, it's a four, three. That's what you get for picking all of my cards! We trust in the skill lords, bringers of justice, that none can escape. Er... Oh no, Erdon. Big Tuck has to look so close to this, his face is off camera now. Uh, flying. Whenever opponent casts a smell, put a 1 1 counter on Sunscorch Dargon and you gain one life. Let me tell you, this card has saved my caboose more times than a freight. <laughs> It does so, so much. That's that's 100% the reason I'm okay with it being a yeast, and I wanted to talk about it, because this is basically Torin Mahler on a flying dragon that also gains life whenever the spells happen. And we've already talked about how Torin Mahler is really good and gets targeted left, right, yes. and center. Um, Sunscorch Regent, I have seen this card as well, to where you, you got two options as an opponent. As soon as it hits, you have to use a removal spell. And I hate that we keep saying that about all these darn Dargons. Or you just have to concede that Big Tuck is going to gain a minimum of like nine mm -hmm. life next turn. Because people are going to cast spells. You have to cast spells right. and magic. And it's a five drop. So really, it's a four drop. So you could get it out turn four or turn three. Right. So you can get this Dargon out, Dargon early. Completely agree. The life gain isn't incidental because people are going to start attacking you. Um, the fact that this comes out, it, it's kind of what, it kind of turns into one of those things where it's like, are you going to deal with this? Okay, I guess, or yeah. you, do I have to? And people are like, I don't know. I'm only going to cast one or two spells on my turn. doesn't seem like a big deal to me. And you're like, all right, well, yeah. I guess I'll just play into it. Again, it's like modal Dargons, right? Make your opponents make the choice on the Dargons that they want to kill. Yeah, that's so good. It upsets so me so much that really the only reason the card is good is because people don't properly threat us. Yes, yes. That's, re that's really the only reason, because let's be honest, if this card was treated as it should be over the years, you and I would both be like, it's fine, but usually it hits the battlefield and someone immediately right. gets rid of it, so you never actually get to do the it thing. It gets hashtag bolted because it has a three toughness at the gates, right? but not for long yeah it does just does a lot yeah. right it lets you kind of sit back and build up and think of how you want to sequence your turns out while you're continuing to gain value out of what your opponents are doing and i just had a great idea we should start altering lightning bolts with hashtag bolts, bolts. yes uh, oh, I'm, that's I, oh, that would be sick a stack of lightning bolts for you to work with there you go well, that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Now we're going to head over to the spice, and I'm going to start this off, and I swear to everything Dargon holy, you better not have picked the same one. <laughs> it's a three-color Dargon that also reanimates. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. It was a 50-50 shot. It was a 50-50 shot. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, you SOB. Uh, we're talking TNEB the Harvester. So this is three colorless Abzan, black, green, white, legendary creature Dargon. It's a 6-6. Six, six. It's a rare. And it has flying, and whenever TNF the Harvester deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two colorless and black. And if you do, put target creature card mm. from a graveyard mm. onto the battlefield under your control. So I think this actually... Cut one thought. This directly ties into what I was talking about on MTG Action 4 News and the Alternate Universe podcast, um, where the Lands Matters commander is just like, you're not really doing enough to really make it functional. Right. Like, Team Up the Harvester isn't broken, but he's literally doing everything that each of those colors really yes. want. Black, I'm reanimating. Green, I'm smashing face. White, I'm flying. Yeah. Um, this card, the fact that it's put target creature card from a graveyard, 
onto the battlefield under your control is amazing. Because there's going to be someone that doesn't have flying. I'm going to hit you for six. Or you can do the big tuck thing. Hey, I just need to poke you for I'll six. I'll it in there. To, to, to pay three and get this card out of uh, Mr. Combo's graveyard. He doesn't need yeah. it. I'll take it. I won't even swing it at you. I agree. And this is like, so this is, this card is really indicative of a card we're not talking about, which is Scion of the Ur Dragon, which is like the other way you build this, where you just dump your graveyard full of your own dragons and lean into more of these legendary type of dragons. Um, T Neb, in my yep. opinion, of the ones that are budget friendly, is the one that does the best. And by dumping your graveyards full of dragons, I meant Dargons, not to be confused anyone out there who doesn't have English as a first language. And also, I said Scion of the Ur Dragon, I also meant Scion of the Ur Dargon. Apologies there. So yes, if, if this card coming out for five is great, um, and it's in the spice just because sometimes you don't have a lot of mana in this deck because you kind of run out your hand, um, and sometimes you don't have a graveyard to pull stuff out of. Yeah, I think you hit it. All right, talk about this worthless. Actually, you know what's funny is the one you're about to talk about. Everyone was so mm -hmm. excited for, so pumped for, and it turned out to be a flaming pile it's, of Dargon. It's, it's <laughs> a, kind of a stinker, but I have to love it because Wasitora Necro Queen makes little baby bubble cats. So two colorless and John. That's black, green, red for a five-four flying legendary creature cat Dargon. Flying Trample, whenever, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, deals combat damage to a player. That player sacrifices a <laughs> creature. Yeah, I know, that's fair. Um, if, the, if, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, that player sacks a creature. If the player can't, you create a 3-3 black, red, and green cat Dargon creature token with flying. Once a fierce foe, she would become one of Madara's greatest protectors. Um, I have never cast this card in the entirety of my magic career, nor have I ever seen it played. However, uh, I, are you sure it's in the deck? Yes, I am sure. Um, the main reason I really want this card to be awesome, and I think you bring up a great point. It's kind of not. <laughs> Usually, unless you're unless you it's fresh off a board wipe and you luckily chance this out, someone's gonna have a creature to sacrifice. Um, it's also not a May, so they have to. So adios, Lanowar Elves, turn six, seven. Yeah. But I will say this: the cat token looks exactly like my little baby, Mr. Bubbles, aka Stout, aka Ooh, you fat Dargon, you look just like your dad. <laughs> Mr. Bubbles, my cat. Um, so I had to include her. <laughs> I wish I had some frame of reference of how this card works. No idea. Maybe someday I'll get to cast it. I have a frame it. of reference for you. I've seen it played. I've seen it try to do its thing, but people just sat creatures. Really? It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's upsetting. It's not the end of the world. Um, and here's the thing. The fact that you can only make one 3-3 three, three multicolored cat dragon is also not a good cat rate dragon. Yeah, I know. to go through all of this work. And it's a 5-4, so it doesn't even have a big butt. Two drakes kill it, and then maybe you get a cat Dargon out of it. So well, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's just not a good card. But it is the perfect spice yes. card. They create Dargons. It's a beater, and it flies. <laughs> and most importantly, so I get it. it's sweaty. <laughs> it's a lot of work to make it work. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, there's going to be big texanized cuts and adds to the deck that are under five, under 50, and no budget. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So I'm going to start this off, and I, I don't want you to panic. Don't want you to panic. I'm cutting Gilded Lotus. Oh, I have that in here? Five colorless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> five colorless uh, artifact. It's a rare coming in at like a little under four bucks. Tap at three mana of any one color. Um, I, you have a lot of colors in the deck. Yes. Not not as diverse as a five color deck usually right. is, but you do have a lot of colors. Um, I I think the three mana of one color is probably insignificant. Yes. Gilded Lotus is a little overcosted compared to newer cards. Yeah, I forgot it was in the and deck. I'm oh, and you forgot it's in the deck. And I'm sure you actually have some other deck that could probably use yes, this agreed. card. So you need to get a card that will be going up in price. I can almost guarantee it. Another trash card from Throne of Eldraine. It's called uh, Fey Burrow Elder. Oh, yeah, that's really good. One colorless green yeah, white. That's really good. Uh, or Silencia. Creature, Treefolk Druid, Vigilance. It's a rare. Um, and it gets plus one, plus one for each color among permanents you control. So it immediately comes down for three and it taps for two. Uh, yeah. Oh, because for each color among permanents you control, <laughs> add one mana of that color. So it's going to come down and it immediately is going to be able to tap you for two. Granted, it'll have summoning sickness, so that is the one benefit of Gilded Lotus. But I think the two reduction in mana cost and you're going to have other yeah. colors, it's going to potentially, it'll most likely tap for four to five. And so better rate. And if it comes down to the end of it and you just need a beater, we've talked about this. He's yep. a five, five beater with vigilance. And he's coming in at $2 and 74 cents. Uh, so complete slam dunk. I mean, this is cheap. This is like the cheaper version of that one elf, which I think is even better in this deck to your point. Blue tips. Yeah. Like way cheaper than that. Um, I need the ramp. And on top of all of that, it's each color, right? So it's, it's not just yeah. one, right? It's each one. Yeah, this is, I need to get one of these. I need to get like five of these. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I was actually very shocked when I saw that it's only under three mm -hmm. bucks. Like, I thought this was going to be a seven, eight, nine dollar yeah, card. I probably need to order some as well. Uh, this is, a, or, or maybe this will turn into my other spec mm. of uh, Bolas of Citadel. Right, right. It actually goes down yeah, in it gets, price. It gets reprinted in like a mystery <laughs> booster box thing, and it goes down to a buck. But still, great card. Yeah, definitely, definitely could use it in this deck. Well, what is your under five and under fifty? So this under five for me is um, a card that to me is very similar to Rampaging Bailoff. I've had it in piles of decks, and it has has never once worked for me. So I'm actually going to cut Hellkite Charger. Really? I, this card is just never worked. So four colorless red red. Um, it's a creature Dargan. Five five. Flying Haste. When it attacks, you may pay uh, five colorless red red. If you do, untap all attacking creatures. And after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. This, I've never once in the entirety of any deck this has ever been in, been able to do that second ability. Especially in this deck, I don't have piles of... You just do it with a Savage Ventmaw combo. But even then, with the Savage, I think it's one short, because the Savage Ventmaw only gives you six, and this takes sure. seven. Yes. So, but then, potentially, it's whatever amount of mana you have. Right. You get that many combat steps. I agree with you, and but I've never seen that play out, right? Like, I've never seen that oh, work out. Okay. It just never has for me. So, I've, this has always been a 5-5 five, five flyer for six that has an ability that might as well be flavor text. So I'm going to cut it for a card, which I think you have complained about in the past, about being insanely good on Arena. It costs one more, but it does so much more. So I'm going to slot in uh, Dracuth Seth, 
Maw of Flames. So four colorless, triple red for a 7-7 seven, seven flying legendary creature, Dargon. When it attacks, it deals four damage to any target and three damage to each of each uh, each of up to two other targets. So good! It's bonkers. Were you saying that this was wrecking you on Arena? Or there's something where you just saw yeah. this just hammer you over and over and over again, right? Yeah, well, because the issue is, is that its butt is too big to kind of deal right. with on Arena without just a specific removal mm-hmm. spell. Um, and a lot of, a lot, like, I was playing this kind of Golgari Grave Matters, and so my stuff was usually 3-4 damage, and so it was just like, Ooh. oh, all this dies! Yeah, so... And I think I got a bunch of these in my binder downstairs. Well, well, well. Well, I'll be coming over to pick up that uh, Eureka. I know, to, to maybe give me some slivers. Oh, wait, you don't have well, them. Yeah, uh, so uh, I like the fact that it deals damage. I like the fact it's bigger um, with the other cards in here that give haste. It could come out swinging right out the gates. I feel like this is a card that can really warp the battleground way more than um, Hellkite Charger can. So, audios Hellkite Charger. You can go join your two other copy brother and sisters in my binder. All right, um, under fifty. I am going to cut. Crucible of Fire. Interesting, but not not un understandable. Three colorless red. It's an enchantment. It's a rare, and it just has dragon creatures you control get plus three plus three. It is good for this deck, but I think this card is actually going to be better um, because the thing with dragons is dragons. that usually they have pretty big chests. The thing with dargons is they usually have pretty big chests, and uh, if you already have a big chest, plus three probably doesn't matter too much, but you know what matters more is double strike. Ooh. So you should add in Sylvia Bright Spear. Two colorless white, legendary creature, human knight, and it doesn't even have a partner with, so I don't know if Corvath Bright Flame is a dragon, or Dargon, sure but you can put that in there. Uh, but she gets, she herself has double strike, and dragons your team control have double strike. So this literally is one mana less, and it's actually doing better than what that um, you know other enchantment does. So and it's eighty five cents. So Sylvia Brightspear's partner isn't that exciting. It's Corvath Brightflame, five colorless, and a red for three four flying haste Dargon. But it also has knights your team control have flying in haste. So I guess it turns her into something. But the fact that you can put a yeah, that's that's all right. But I think, but I think, to, I think to your point as to why she's good is she just tutors up another Dargon for you and adds into all the other Dargons that you already have. So I love it, man. I've been trying to figure out a way. I've been trying to figure out a way to put these into a deck, and I think this is definitely the winner. Yeah. All right. Well, what's your under fifty? So this one's my most boring one, but I'm actually gonna cut Elemental Bond, which is two colorless and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature with power three or greater enters a battlefield under control, draw a card. Very meat and potatoes, um, and I'm just gonna add it in for another meat and potatoes card that does way more. So hot off the presses, of, of course, at 2021, coming in at a blazing 57 cents. We're talking Garuk's Uprising. Oh so yeah, two colorless and enchantment. It's so good. When it enters the battlefield, if you control a creature with power four or greater, draw a card. Creatures you control have trample. And then whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So the thing I like about this more than Elemental Bond is there's not a single dragon I control that has power less than four. Sure. So it 
assuming when you play it, it'll either draw you a card immediately or draw you a card saying that elemental bond would. Um, trample isn't that big of a deal when you have a bunch of big BV flyers, mm-hmm. but any little evasion can, ha- can happen. Like we've talked about, there's you know, uh, demons, drakes, all sorts of things out there that can block flyers. So the fact that it gives you a free evergreen ability on top of the fact that it replaces a card draw for me just seems like a pretty easy in and out swap. I have nothing to disagree with on there. Um, yeah, it's like I, you've talked about that card before and how you really like it. And it's one that I don't run a lot because, you know, me, I don't run a lot of card draw stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Garuk's Uprising is just a legitimate upgrade. Probably if you're running dinosaurs, Drash, Dargons, um, now I'm trying to think of other tribes that are usually, you know, pretty beefy or large. I guess Minotaurs. Yeah, sure. Um, A whole lineage stuff in green. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good cut and inclusion. Now, Mr. Combo, are you ready to break the bank? Because I hope you are. Oh, Oh, I am. So first card I'm going to cut is Spellbound Dragon. So this is three colorless, is it? Creature oh, yeah. dragon. It's three five, which you're a liar. You do have a dragon that's three, but don't worry. I'm getting rid of it. Dargon, um, thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dargon. Uh, it's, it's weird. So the people that can't see us, but you never get to see us, I'm actually having to like call in through my phone instead of us doing it over webcam because uh, Google Meet decided to <gasps> hashtag suck it. Um, so <laughs> this Dargon has flying and it says whenever Spellbound Dargon attacks, draw a card, then discard a card. Spellbound Dargon gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the discarded cards convert a mana cost. Outside of flying, it has no other way of evasion. Yeah. You're not really leaning into the sign of the Ur-Dragon effects where you're digging out of the graveyard. That's more your spice package. So just Spellbound Dargon doesn't really fit. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. So I'm going to cut it for a card that's not necessarily breaking the bank, but you can get a promo version that does break the bank. Oh, I have her as a commander. You hate her, but she would be a great secret tech for the deck. Kalia of the Vast. Oh, sure. Colorless red, white, black. Legendary creature, human cleric, mythic, 2-2, and the special uh, uh, promo edition, it's $55.88. Oof. Uh, it has flying, and whenever Kalia the Vast attacks an opponent, you may put an angel, demon, or dragon creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking that opponent. I mean, it, I, I think yeah. with Dargons, and we've kind of hit home with how expensive they are, having a secret tech in the deck to where things just cost too much for you, or maybe you're strip mine and it's just you're very limited on resources. Right. I think if you plop a Kalia down, she's not going to draw the removal mm-hmm. that your other Dargons would, but she's going to elevate how quickly you get your Dargons hitting the battlefield. Right. So. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I saw this when I was doing some review. The fact that we're playing in all five colors really opens yep. it up and lets us get this gal in. Um, I think it's a commander. She's terrifying. I think it's just one thing in the 99 that I can't really tutor up. I think she'd do a lot of work, right? Like it would, it would probably in effect cut my CMC down like point two if I could just start cheating in some of these big boys. So sure. Yep. Like I'm on board. I don't own one. I should own one because she's such a big piece of commander um history and legacy and all that stuff. So I I am on board with it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if you think about it this way, because some people would kind of do that argument of, well, is Kalia really like 
that good in the 99 if it's only reducing your mana by 0.2. Well, think about it. Literally, the only reason you're running Ur-Dragon opposed to one of the other five colors is because of the fact that he reduces your dragons from the command zone by one. Exactly. And that does make a huge difference. And when it when he actually attacks or and deals some damage, or is it, I think it's just attacks, um, yeah. doing doing this off memory because I'm on a different screen. Yep. Uh, yeah, just attacks. It's just like Kalia, you're still getting an impact. So right. I, I think Kalia, there's nothing that can go wrong with her. Plus, yeah. if you think about it, it'd be kind of funny if someone bounced uh, the Ur-Dragon to your hand. Oh, uh, oh, and then oh, it's oh. like, okay, I play Kalia, <laughs> get the Ur-Dragon back. Bye. And it's tacking, exactly. No, I love it. I'm, I'm 100% on board with that gal. Cool. Well, what is your no budget? How are you doing what you promised, breaking the bank? This is going to be a big, controversial one. I'm actually going to cut Ooh, I like it. Udvara Hellkite. Six colorless, double red. Oh my red. god. <laughs> what I don't is like wrong this. With you? I don't like this card. So, uh, six colorless, red, red for a creature dragon, excuse me, Dargon. Flying, whenever a Dargon <laughs> you control attacks, create a 6 6 red Dargon creature token with flying. Um, and it comes in for about $3.48. This is a go tall Dargon deck, not a go wide one. So, usually I'm only coming in with like a couple. And unless I have a way to cheat, uh, Udvara out a law, you know, the Colliers of the world. I just haven't gotten value out of it, right? It doesn't have haste. People, if I don't have one of the other haste enablers out there, it's going to get nixed immediately. I think this card reads really great, but underperforms. So the issue, so the issue I have with that though is that it's making tall Dargons, unlike Wastoria Nekuru Queen, which makes wide cat Dargons. So you're making tall Dargons, and even if you're only swinging with a couple, because like once again, Udvar doesn't need haste. It's whenever a Dargon you control attacks, create a 6-6. Right. So you can literally play him for eight, swing with a couple Dargons. You're making two more Dargons. I mean, and if you've just put 18 power on the battlefield for eight, that's an amazing rate. Plus, I, I, th I think the argument you have to where if this hits, people are going to use a removal spell, and I'm not really getting the value out of it. You could literally apply that to any card that's a Dargon <laughs> in this deck. Any Dargon you play, like, what value is your commander you're if you're wrong. playing it from the command zone and he immediately dies each time? So that's the one thing I have against it. I've seen this card do massive work, even if you are in a go-tall deck, yeah. because getting one to two free 6-6s six is nothing to snuff at. I'm just telling you, it's never worked out for me in this deck. Maybe I just haven't played it enough or whatever, but I'm going to cut it for a brand new, another brand new card that's coming out. It's also a Mythic. Coming in for $12, it's going to cut it down by three mana? Yeah, so we're talking about your old pal, Terror of the Peaks. Three colorless oh, red sure. red for a 5-4 flying creature Dargon. Uh, it's a Mythic. Spells your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks cost additional three life to cast, which is fine. Then whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. So I kind of I can kind of see your argument with Udvara Hellkite and this one. I think there's might be another card in here that I might be able to cut for it. But even then, I would rather have knowing that I'm gonna be casting a lot of dragons. Dargons, if I will, if you will, um, be able to be able to control and snipe out things. This card is just bonkers. I mean, there's a reason it's twelve dollars. Um, there's a reason it's a Dargon. It's Dargon good. So I really want to get a copy of this, and this is immediately where it go into right. Getting this down for five is great. Getting this down for four is like borderline insane. 
So here's what I would actually recommend. I would actually recommend you cut Lathless Dragon Queen instead. Oh, sure. Of of the uh, Udvara, only because Udvara will actually feed more into Terror of Peaks than mm-hmm. Lathless, because Lathless is a dragon, non-token dragon ETB, right, right, right. where uh, the other one is just any dragon that attacks you make a 6-6, and this says any creature entering the battlefield, you right, know, you right. can deal that 6 damage. Um, so I think you're probably going to get a little bit more techie there. You're but not wrong. I think, yeah, I, Terror of the Peaks is real good. Um, yeah, I ended up getting lucky enough to pull a foil alternate art one. Um, I bu- Yeah. Uh, nice. That immediately went into my Collie of the Vast deck, because it is just bonkers. Yeah, I will say this, for video. anyone out there that's wanting this card, Wait 18 months, and it'll probably be $5. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's the price it is now because it wrecks in constructed formats. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it'll be alive and historic. You'd have to talk with our Discord about that. Um, but it will dominate in standard uh, for the next year and a half. Completely agree. That kind of cuts it for everything I have about this deck. So I guess that means we have to segue to the end of the episode. You are now leaving the Dargon Zoo. Goodbye. Thanks for making it until the end, and as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're giving away that Zendikar Rising Fat Pack, and to enter, it's very simple. Just help promote the content we're already producing, whether it's, uh, you know, sharing it on YouTube, your social media platform, you know, it's just all the things really help us out. You do get an uh, entry for every interaction you do with us on our social media. Uh, We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News October 6th and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're going to be doing giveaways each month. It could be a sweet deck little pack like this. It could be a sweet card. It really just depends on what our sponsor, Level 1 Gaming, feels like giving you you degenerates, which I love you. (laughs) But hey, Leave us positive feedback, five-star reviews, little comments, little little tweets, little tweeters. Um, and uh, we, we like to read them. It makes us feel good. Also, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at number 5 on Twitter. I'll spell it out, except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they dragon reach you? You can still reach me and my fellow Dargans on at Big Tuck Tweeting. I am actually starting to post real stuff as opposed to likes and retweets <laughs> comments interesting articles that's not true but i'm there <laughs> uh you can reach our main account at cmd tower on twitter as well you can go to our website cmdtower.com where we will have the deck list posted so you can go look at all the dragons uh, but you could also just type in crystalline crawler mosswort bridge Dragonlord Servant Tower.com. There it is. Sweet McGee. If people want to get that Manolith commentary, how can they get a hold of you? You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me on Twitter at Dear Squee. You can get at me at Dear Squee at CMDTower.com. Uh, I guess you could try and Google Squee McGee and see what you get. Probably not going to find me there. Uh, otherwise, come to Kansas. Stay six feet away. We'll hang out. Maybe have a beer from quite a distance yeah he can do all your audio needs and does have a full studio so if you ever do come in that kc metro area remember pants required mask required cool pirate eye patch optional Ooh, i like that 
If you want to support the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Towers to know that you came from The Collective. They do have a great storefront with everything you need to kind of support your tabletop experience. They do have a TCG player store where they're selling all the singles, and maybe you could go pick up a uh, overpriced Terror of the Peaks or <laughs> a very budget-friendly Faberro Elder. If you'd like to actually help us out financially, you can have it over Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have all the reward tiers from the Discord access to even, we're getting so close, like 20 more patrons, and you guys Woo-hoo. will start to be able to guess on brews and builds. It'll be sweet! As well as each tier gives you additional entries into the monthly giveaways. If you guys can't help us out from a monthly finance perspective, but you still want to pick up some of that sweet swag, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. we got special bundles in there, and like I've said, the first 10 people to place orders, we're going to put a little something extra in your box. Could be a little something. It could be a big something. Uh, It could be some of that sweet Kansas air. I'm just kidding. It'd be barbecue sauce. (laughs) And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode. So... We made it to the end, Big Tuck. Dragons, Lord of Dragons, because we finally left that Twilight Zone we were in. It's nice to say things like normal. How do you feel about the deck? You know, um, th- I, this is usually where I say I finally made this deck good and that sort of thing. I, I do like the changes. <laughs> I just don't see this deck changing. Like, even if we added more stuff and make it quote unquote good a la um you know Duffman's dragon deck it's still always going to mm-hmm. kind of be a dragon or dragon deck uh it's going to cast dragons it's going to swing in it just matters how efficiently and how often so i don't know if this this is ever probably going to be a deck that i put into my like weekly rotation or like when i went to tulsa i wasn't like oh i'm gonna drag i'm gonna drag i'm gonna d- drag on my dragons deck into this pack <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it's interesting enough. I think with these small tweaks that we talked about and maybe getting a better mana base, it'd be one that goes from being something that's like a chore I only play when I'm, you know, in my cups to a deck that I would actually be more interested in running out. Yeah, you know, I think that's a fair point. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is when you play a high CMC deck, and I think I can relate to your your dragon deck similar to my Jota deck. right. You need ways to be able to reduce the CMC as much as possible or make things easier to cast. And I mean, it's just Ur-Dragon doing the one colorless less isn't Is as enough, impactful right? as it sounds like. Um, and so I think I think that's the biggest issue. I think if you if you wanted to be able to play more dragons in the game, honestly, I think the the way that you would have to do that is you would almost have to put Ur Dragon in the ninety nine and put someone like a Joda yeah, in the command right, zone, right, just right. someone that's like, hey, instead of these guys costing seven or eight or nine, it's at least five. Exactly. You got to think if you think about it, your mana base is almost set up for a Jota deck since it's perfectly even across the board. Right. So you're you're gonna have to do something to that effect, and and it may not be making Jota the commander. It could be, hey, I got to take out these five dragons and just put in Kadama's reaches, and maybe that no chromatic Ori, just more mana things. Because I think that that's the frustrating thing with a big mana deck. If, like, in my Jota deck, if Jota gets turned off or I don't have the right mana, it's like, cool, I cast one thing for seven, 
pass the turn. Exactly. And it could be a big yeah. splashy thing, but it's one removal spell, one counter spell, and it just fizzles. Yeah. And I think that's similar to your dragon deck, to where if you can't yeah. get a lot of your mana reduction things going and a lot of your dragons cheating dragons, then it's like, cool, I cast a Terror of the Peaks. Mm -hmm. Past the turn, and they're like, "Awesome, I board wipe," and you're like, "Yay, I did nothing." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think our cuts necessarily address that. I think Faber Elder and Kalia will definitely help from a getting them out quicker. I think your Dracuseth and Terror of the Peaks would definitely lower the curve and make it a little bit more yep. dangerous. Um, so I, th I think some of this stuff could be cool. And heck, some of these cards you probably have laying around. Some of these, your boy Mister Combo can trade for, um, and. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll make this thing fun to play once again. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. We got some Chiefs to go watch. Dargon you later. Mm -hmm.